Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by a man who's wearing a hat again, Mr. James Key. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know why. <clears throat> Maybe it's a comfort thing because I'm not. I'm a little bit slightly under the weather. That's what I'll say because I don't believe in saying that I'm sick. So I'm slightly under the weather. He's that guy that doesn't ask for directions. Hey, I know where I'm going. We'll get there. Three rights, make a left. We'll figure it out. It's all good. That's definitely you. We're also joined by my pal from Pal World, Mr. Matty Key. Hello, Matty. The funny thing is, is I wish I could say I'm not, but as we're leading into this, because I was right in the middle of doing stuff, and usually we kind of go over what we're talking about, I didn't have time to finish, so I'm currently just finishing up what I was doing. In Power I actively World. In Power said, World. thank you guys for taking a break from Pal World to come join. We played for like seven hours on Friday night. It was crazy. We played for so long on Friday. It was so good. Like it's, and I guess like, and we're joined by the baseball hat wearing nice beard, trimmed, combed Dustin, obviously. Um, And he can, he can speak to this. It's oddly just addicting, not oddly, Mm -hmm. but it's extremely addicting because it takes everything from games that you currently play and really enjoy and just does them better. And I apparently remember. it was a lot of it's based out of AI. Like it's a small development team. They did all this stuff through AI. And I imagine what the prompt was like, build me a game that is Legend of Zelda meets Pokemon, but with guns. Enter. Well, yeah. So let's I remember like, also- hearing about this game like four or five, six months ago, maybe. And one of yeah. you sent it to me. It's like, hey, it's just Pokemon with guns. And I was like, yeah, okay. And now it's like, yeah, the everyone thought when the trailers first came out. Yeah. And everyone thought it was a scam. <laughs> it, it looks like a scam. It looks like something I'm going to see on my cell phone as an ad. But lo and behold, world's like number one game at the moment. It, the, the fact that it hit 3 million users in three days, like Four that's obscene. Right now, aren't there? Yeah. Like that's obscene. And people are complaining like, oh, like your servers can't handle this small company. Like, you sh-. dude, they did not expect like MMOs don't eat like established MMOs like WoW and Final Fantasy 14 don't even get this kind of influx on expansions. And it, it reminds me of a conversation we had months ago about why I didn't like Legend of Zelda. I don't know exactly where the conversation came from, but I was saying Breaking like weapons. <laughs> Oh God, I can't stand the breaking weapons, but it happens in Power World too, but it's, it's a lot more forgiving anyways. Yeah, much um, more. And you can also control it based off of like your server shit. Yeah, that's true. You can turn that off essentially if you want to. Should. But it reminds me of the conversation because I said, imagine if Nintendo wasn't handcuffed by the Switch or they weren't handcuffed by a technical limitation by their hardware, whether it's a Switch or the the Game Boy or whatever. Like Nintendo's always been underpowered in terms of uh, specs because, I mean, that's what they're building. Like, they're not, they're building a toy. Now we're seeing a Pokemon game. Now, it's still not perfect. I mean, it's janky as fuck. Like, Grant, it's, it's, it's still technically beta and early access. Yes, fair right? enough. Right, so. But, but, yeah, what you're saying is is kind of correct. I would say the hardware isn't necessarily the limitation, mostly just because, if Fortnite can run on the Switch, this game can run on the Switch. Yeah, I guess. So what it is, it's probably more of Nintendo being like, 
we're Nintendo. We know what you want. We've done this for years. You listen to us and you'll like what we give you. It's more of that because if Fortnite works on the Switch and Tears of the Kingdom works on the Switch, which has infinitely more customization when it comes to building in that game compared to this, then it's it's clearly not a limitation with the hardware. It's a reluctance to take that leap. But they made Arceus. Right. So this, all they had to do so much this is so much better than Arceus, though. But like all they had to do is take Arceus and take the building mechanics from Tears of the Kingdom and meld them together and you have what you why can't you just make minus... a fucking Pokemon MMO? Like why is that so hard? It's that was always apparently my not that's what we've been and that's the thing. And that is why Pal World, if you're not familiar with what Pal World is, oh go look it up. It is the most popular video game on the planet right now. And it released on Friday. It's still in early access, so it's technically not even officially released. Yeah, um, I guess for console, it's not officially released. I don't know if the Steam the Steam release is a different version. But that's so okay. So I'm gonna get. Luckily, I work in software development, in tech. So the reason why the game is in beta is because you can push patches quicker without going certain certification processes because it's beta. So gotcha. you can just say we need to do this update and push it through. The problem is with the version on Xbox is regardless, Xbox requires a certain level of certification process with Microsoft to say, okay, yes, this checks out. This is fine, blah, blah, blah. With Steam, you don't have to do that. That's why Fortnite remained in beta slash early access for like six years because Epic could just push updates whenever they wanted to without going through every step. You essentially skip like six steps. Um, Unless you're CD Projekt Red and then certification doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I know, eh? So this is likely going to sit in the same realm as Fortnite for a while. You'll see constant updates and whatever, but there'll be like, or you'll get the early access warning probably for a couple years. Um, but the fact that the game is as stable as it is for everything you can do in it and with the server level, it's for a small company like that, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think all of us, as gamers growing up and fans of Pokemon wanted this everything that we've ever asked for for Nintendo from Nintendo was give us a poke open world Pokemon game and they've only now sort of scratched the surface of it with Arceus and with uh, Scarlet and Violet but it still wasn't what it could have been and maybe and that's Arceus because ran of, like shit for the record but maybe that's because they know the path that creates the most money is just to not do it until you absolutely have to because like the brand is going to sell the games regardless if they went back to the fucking 2d top down like it would still sell bajillions of dollars right yeah so rushing to do the open world mm whatever probably not in their best interest in terms of financials or maybe i made my own argument irrelevant because i said if you made a top down 2d one it would still sell gangbusters so i imagine they just make anything with pokemon and it'll sell i was gonna say regardless of us being pissed off saying this is what we want we want this game we want that if they made a pokemon game and it was just marginally increased on scarlet and violet it would still sell people would bitch and moan and be like look what pal world just did give us that but we also have to remember that the next pokemon game probably wouldn't be this it would be the one after that because that one's already been two years into development (laughs) right like they're not going to just scrap it i just I don't care for like the guns piece. I just want, I just want everything minus the savagery. I just want Pokemon to know. 
you just want yeah. sorry you cut out there i didn't see her yeah i just want pokemon in an open world like i just want the freedom to find right. my pokemon catch it be my and then go and catch others and battle people i mean that's what you do in this game like the guns just have just imagine the guns are like this is the attack of this pokemon like instead of it being a razor leaf he's shooting bullets like it's huh. it's kind of the same this thing. john Wick. yeah like well, you, you literally can turn your monkey, your green grass monkey, with give him an assault rifle, and yeah. that's one of his attacks. So he'll shoot leaves still and do all his regular pal attacks or Pokemon attacks, but he'll also have an assault rifle. And then there's one item you get called the cleaver, <laughs> where what it does is you have an option to pet all your pals in the game. But if you have the cleaver and you have it equipped, it butchers them for like food. <laughs> Yeah, there's, sad, a lot, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's fucked up about this game. Like, normally in Pokemon, to catch another Pokemon, it is fucked up to think that you need to throw your Pokemon out there to fight it first before you can catch it. This game, you don't have to use a Pokemon to fight it, to catch it. You can just go up to it and start punching it in the face. And then you get its health down and then throw a Pokeball at it. Or, a, sorry, a Pal Sphere at it. Yeah. A Pal Sphere. And you catch it. And then that also goes for other humans. Like, if you see a dude out in the wild, I saw you can catch the shit human. out of him. Yeah, oh, throw a sphere at him. And he and is now the sell slave him. that works on your base. And you, you so, by the you can. So, Dustin, I oh, no. was traveling around and you find, you know how there's like the merchants and shit? Yeah, like I saw earlier that you can sell pals, Pokemon. So I found the black market contraband merchant and he's creepy oh, no. looking as fuck. And he's like ideal in all things contraband pals or other such items. And you can sell people to him. He's called the black marketeer. You so can actually is... catch him and you can, he roams your base and he's forever a merchant in your base. So it's like real life. You, want. <laughs> you could take yeah. someone's kidneys and sell them. Yeah. This, this game goes deeper than a lot of people think it, it is. And there's a lot of things like that. That is totally something Nintendo would never do. So in that sense, it's uh, very different. But in some ways, it is very much a Pokemon clone. But it just does things better than we ever could have expected from Nintendo. I loved one of the, my favorite TikToks this week was oh, someone yeah. saying, we finally got the third game. Because know how you had like Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue and then came Pokemon Yellow. And then you had like, Pokemon Gold and Silver, and then came like, I don't know, some like fucking Soul Silver or some shit. Like, there's always been like a third one that jumps in there. Soul Silver is probably not the right answer, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. This one is like, hey, we had Pokemon Sword, we had Pokemon Shield, and now we have Pokemon Gun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, by the way, I dropped the Black Marketeer into general so you can take a look. He's fucking creepy looking, man. He's got this wide, like, shit eating grin, but like hollow mm. ass eyes. Yeah, that's that looks a little sketch. There's he a few. Reminds, he reminds me of Red Skull. Uh, yes, when they went to get the uh, Soul Stone, was Soul Stone in yeah. uh, Infinity War? Indeed, it was. This dude definitely buys humans for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna try selling this human I just caught to him because I marked where because there's about three or four of them on the map, and I marked where one of them is. So I'm gonna fly to him and I'm gonna see if he'll take my human. So. I don't think we're really driving home how fun this game is. Like there's it's times where stupid fun. You're just looking at the map and there's so much of it is blacked out. 
And I remember at times on Friday, Maddie and I were just like, let's just go in this direction. I don't know what's over there. And we just yeah. go out and explore. And you find things and you find dungeons and you find bosses and you find Pokemon you've never caught before. And and then you run into something that's like level 45. You're like, fuck that. And you run in the other direction. And it's it's just a sense of wonder, you know? And then that's that's the essence of what you're trying to capture with a game like this. And you never know what's around the next corner. And because it's such a new game, like it came out like a week ago, not necessarily a new idea, but a new game that there isn't like millions of videos online of how to do all these things. So we're all kind of experiencing all of this for the very first time. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty insane. But the cool thing is, is, um, what this means for like later on do you know what i mean you know what they can build off of because people are already building um like mods like to put the pokemon in the game oh man yeah that mod that looks like they just reskinned everything to be pokemon it's hilarious yeah exactly so i mean i'm curious that's the other cool thing with it being PC as well is what you're going to be allowed to do with mods in this game. And that's what I'm really excited Mm -hmm. for to see the shit like that, because it just means all the shit that we can, you know, new weapon types, or you can even put fucking Digimon and have Digimon and Pokemon in the same game. Right. So it's good times. We've had a lot of fun with power world this week. Should we just change this to a power world podcast? Should that be it? Probably be more Maybe popular. That's, that's I, you know we got to ride the train of what's popular and what's trendy. And if we're gonna start clipping stuff out and putting it on TikTok, we got like, this entire Pal World discussion. Oh, there's there's gonna be probably at least eight hashtags to deal with Pal World on this one. Yeah, but, but in addition to Pal World, we're also gonna talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're gonna talk about Patrick Waugh and Sheldon Keefe, the NFL Division Round Recap. The NFL Conference Championship is this weekend, and we're going to give our picks. And also this weekend is the WWE Royal Rumble, and we'll give our picks for that as well. All that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which, of course, is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. (laughs) It's brought to you by Pal World. No, he said our pal. Our pal. I know your treasures, yeah. You know what? That's... We should we should uh, get him on the horn and be like, "Yo, we need Power World stuff on now your treasures." I bet you, he's, oh, I bet you, he's already on it. He's he's, he's sourcing <laughs> Power World prints already for sure. Oh yeah, he's probably going to be the first actual like commercial dealer to have a Power World print. It's just a fucking monkey with a gun. <laughs> yeah, or uh, don't get me wrong, some of the designs are stolen, clearly. But dude, they're all I mean, stolen. I I sent the link. If they're all taken. This is all. Oh lifting. yeah, for sure. Like, there's so many times we're running around the world and we see a pal, and we're like, "Oh, look, there's an Eevee." Like, we know what it's supposed to be. <laughs> like, yeah. it's so clear and obvious. And you know, whatever. It's okay. So here's the thing, and we'll move on. I swear. But I hope they have. So all the money that they've made, like they just put out like new tweets all the time of like, in 12 hours we have two million dollars or two million sales. And like five hours later, we have 3 million sales. A few hours later, we have 4 million sales. So I'm just doing the math on it. Like it's a $30 game, whatever. Let's say Steam takes half that and you have others. Let's say you're making $10 a game and you you have 4 million people playing this game. 
That's, that's forty million. million dollars that has gone to this developer over the weekend. Over yeah, a weekend. I'm curious. I think Steam's actual take is like only twenty percent. Well, I'm sure there's other fees that they're dealing yeah, with. Of, marketing. You know, they you know. pay their marketing and pay their development team and whatever, whatever. But either way, $40 million influx of cash over the weekend at minimum. I hope the first thing they invest in is a lawyer. No, a lawyer. They need a legal team because Nintendo's coming, brother. They don't fuck around. You can put up a YouTube video of you talking over a, a promotional trailer. Like Nintendo will put out a trailer that's like, oh, Smash Bros. 15 coming next fall or whatever. You, you talk over that and you put up a video on YouTube of your reaction, copyright strike. You're fucked. You, they are super strict about their IP, as, I mean, they probably should be, but the fact that this game exists and has made this much money, I can certainly see this being a groundbreaking case of intellectual property versus AI, because that's what it is. It's, yeah. It is an AI-generated version of what Nintendo's IP is. It's This could have ripple effects for the entertainment industry yeah, for years. Yeah, it's being lifted and inspired by literally algorithmically. Yep. No, it's true. I mean, you're right, but I'm, I'm surprised it didn't happen already. Do you think Nintendo was just waiting, saying like, look, if this game fails, fuck it, we leave them alone? But now with how successful it is, do you think they're just like... A... Well, I think they're they're investigating the channels, right? And like it doesn't set. I swear we'll move on. But um, you, you're not going to spend to lose this. Like if you're going to go at it, you're going at it to win because it just it, it does you it does Nintendo literally no good to to pursue this and then lose. Like it would but be terrible. It, do you think someone like Gabe Newell steps in and helps them? I think. This is very similar to the situation with J-Rock and DBS. If you're not familiar with Trailer Park Boys, J-Rock was selling CDs that had uh, Detroit Velvet Smooth tracks on it. And he came up, he's like, yo, you're clocking my dollars? I need some royalties, motherfucker. Royalties. (laughs) And Ricky's like, what the fuck are royalties? (laughs) Royalties? (laughs) It means you owe me some fucking money. (laughs) So that's how I feel like Nintendo is going to feel like with this. Now that they're like, actually making a significant amount of money now the hammer's going to come down we're like you guys owe us some fucking money right now the funny thing is significant is an understatement too yeah you and know, again, like, that's just this weekend and that's not including potentially sales through xbox as well right because there's people who probably bought this and were like uh, or have game pass but then there's the people who don't have game pass because they're so disagreement with it but we all know because we're proponents game pass is one of the single greatest investments you'll make yep and you know there's probably three a couple people who are playing it on game pass and has their one friend who doesn't have game pass and he's like fuck it i'll just buy it you're gonna have a few of those cases as well right very interesting um 40 million dollars over a weekend is insane it's it's almost like winning the lottery and as I was walking around the mall today, I discovered that someone did win the lottery this over the past week or whatever. And I did buy a ticket, but I haven't checked it yet. So in my head, you I won? have won the lottery. I'm just pretending like I've actually won. Jimmy and me play. We've won like $12 and like three free tickets. 
There you go. We won twelve dollars. Yeah. Nice. I just roll it into every week into our shit. Yeah, for sure. Until we win the jackpot, then you don't roll the jackpot. You're like, we won fifty million. Roll it into next week. <laughs> Let it ride. We have a lifetime supply of yeah lottery tickets. Oh, we lost. <laughs> Better luck next time. I, it's funny. I was actually talking to my wife about this. Um, we were driving around. I was like, if we, the funny thing is, is Jim sends me money to buy the lottery tickets and then I buy them and screenshot them and send it to him. She's like, he's kind of stupid. And I was like, why? She's like, cause if you play on your own and you won, you'd take care of him anyway. And I was like, yeah. She's like, so why is he giving you money for lottery tickets? Well, well, here's the thing, though. Like, if you're going in with someone for lottery tickets, I think it's an expectation Split that 50/50. you're splitting a 50-50. Right. If I were to win the lottery, it's like the past week's lotto max was like $70 million or something. There's not a chance I'm giving a third of that to one sister and a third of that to another sister. Like, I'll have a certain amount of money set aside yeah, of like, be okay, maybe... Care of. Right. So maybe... 25% of the entire pot will be div- divided yeah. throughout family. $70 million. Which is still a shit ton of money. Like you're still going to get be, millions of dollars. Yeah. I don't want to be taking care of. For, I want $35 yeah. million. Yes. No, but like if I, if I won 70 mil, he would have a house. He would have a yeah. car. His kids. I don't want his house kids education. No, his kids education would be paid for. And then it would be like, all right, man, here's a credit card. It's like a $20,000 a month limit. Just be reasonable. And, with thirty five million, I've got to be reasonable. I put that money in the bank and live off the interest. Right, but then what? Why? Because I would do the same thing. And if you're just like, "Hey, I want to go on vacation. I want to take everyone here," I'd be like, "All right," and just pay for it. So like, if you want seventy, would you just give me thirty yeah. five? I would. I would pay for everything. Like I would buy you. No, hold on. No, listen, that's a no. <laughs> no, it's a no. But you got to listen. You didn't let me finish what I was gonna say. I'd be uh-huh. buying you the house. I'd be buying you the car, like a nice truck and a car. Kids' education paid for. Everything like that. Vacations and stuff would be paid for. And then I'd be like, "Here's five mil." Yeah, but I could have thirty-five for a low investment of maybe a thousand dollars or whatever it is till we win. Watch us win next week. I would totally. Okay. What about what about dependents? So yeah, James it, obviously right? has a child. I don't want you yeah. to be my sugar so, daddy. So that's the thing that I'm wrestling with because obviously I've won the lottery, and now I have to figure out what I'm doing with it. Um, I have two sisters, but each sister has two children. So now it's like, well, am I now having to give this money? And I mean, of the four nieces and nephews, two of them are grown ass adults. So now do I have to give this money to six people or am I giving this money just to my sisters and they figure it out? Like, I don't, I don't know. I think you give it to your sisters and they figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the that's sisters I thing. I, I agree. Um, I heartily agree. And I think it's just like, as much as we joke around a hundred percent, Jim knows, like he would never have to work again. If I won the lottery, right? I know, but I like also have to work for 35. <laughs> Greedy fuck. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but it's all good. Do you guys have anything from this weekend that's not Pal World? Not really. Uh, I thought Greedy no. Fox was a great segue into talking about the Maple Leafs, but. Well, I got one more thing I want to. I, mm, well, Jim, you, one more thing I need to talk you about. You might, because. You did something this weekend with your kid that's kind of a big moment. Oh yeah, bought bought her first pair of skates. 
Oh. Yeah. So that's big. And not like, like, hold on. So first pair, are we talking the ones that are like the dual blade gimmicks? No, no, no. I no. bought her hockey skates. I bought okay. her a set of graphs used from Play It Again. But here's the here's the deal. I went on their website and I was like, oh, they have graphs in a size 10. She's probably size 10. I wonder if I find them. Walk in there, immediately see them, pick them up, put them on. She's like, these are comfy. They fit. She walks around them great. Biggest hockey dad moment of my life was like ideating those skates, seeing them, getting them, and they were perfect. We didn't even look at another pair. They were like, even the guy I played again measured her feet goes, yeah, these are perfect. I'm like, boom, on the man. Yep. Like the, I will say this though, you kind of got it easy because graphs are the most comfortable skate you will. Ever yeah, well, have. that's why I picked them because I knew you've always said they were the most comfortable skates you've ever worn. They are, and I moved away from graphs, and I got because I got the vapors right. The well, they don't make them anymore either. Well, no, graph does make skates. They make the composite style skates. I had the old leather boot graphs up until about a couple years ago. The thing is, is graphs. You will never again find a more comfortable hockey skate in your life. It's it's not even close. But the problem is, is some of the they're a little heavier than most skates, so you kind of got to deal with it. I went to the Hyperlights, lighter um, and stiffer because taking a shot off of a leather boot is probably the worst feeling on the planet. Mm. Um, so I I did make the change, but now that Graf makes whatever, like down the line, I may go back to them, but. It was the only skate I never had to break in. I was on grass for about 20 years. I have, I wear skates once a year and <laughs> I <Mr>. will, <laughs> not quite. Every year there is a skate at the Scotiabank Arena. So I'm always like, I don't really skate, but it's a pretty cool opportunity. So why not? Right. Yeah. And years ago, I went to like play it against sports. I feel like that's where everyone goes to get cheap skates. And I grabbed a pair that was like the only thing that was in my size. And supposedly they're like really like pro skates. That's the guy said. He's like, you're going to look like a pro out there wearing these. I'm like, okay. Oh, he's that guy, eh? Like if you say so, brother. (laughs) I don't think anyone's going to think I'm a pro the way I'm going to be skating on them. But uh, they might look like pro skates. I don't know what that means. But dude, I will go like maybe one or two laps around and be like, I'm good. This is fucking painful. I don't know how people do this. My feet hurt. And I don't know if it's like because I'm like used to it or maybe the, the skates I got from Play It Again are just so worn down, like the padding on them are just worn down that like it, it's uncomfortable to wear. But I don't know, man. It's it's not a good time. No, so, I remember getting my first, my my new. Easton's? Yeah. Like, so like the newest. Cool. So at the time I got uh, Easton Synergies and they were like top of the line skates. The girl I was dating at the time bought them for me. Which actually shows how old those skates are, if you think about it. Um, they were like thousand dollar skates. Like they were, um, jeez. Yeah, and they were nice, and they're light as a feather. Light, still light as skates. I'd have to yeah, hold them yeah. up with Matt's hyperlights to see to honestly see which ones are lighter because they're like honestly it feels like nothing. Um, but man, I put them on. Asked ask my brother. We played. I was in tears at how cramped my feet were in these things. I had to go get them baked knocked out like three or four times just to have them be comfortable and even then i can still really only wear them with like the pantyhose style sports socks for it to be comfortable because anything thicker than those really thin sports socks they start to cramp up but man lightest skates like 
I feels like I'm wearing nothing out there other than the pain. Nothing, nothing at, at all. all. Nothing <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, so on Saturday night, I actually did nothing at all as well. So I didn't actually end up going to UFC 297. And here, that here's good. Good. Here, Fuck, man. What a bunch yeah, of fucking yeah. hooligans. Like, yeah. So that's that's where I'm going with this. If you if you didn't see the clips uh, of this pay per view, there's a number of times for no reason at all. It's not like a a UFC card, I mean, every UFC card for the past four or five events, I would say, the big pay-per-views, the the show starts with Kid Rock and Donald Trump making their way to uh, cage side. Like, they're, they're, they're every, at every single show. To my knowledge, Justin Trudeau was not attending this event, <laughs> as far as I know. Um, but regardless of that, the sparsely sold Scotiabank Arena it, was chanting fuck Trudeau it, it so was random times you know just in the middle of a fight had nothing to do with anything just random. so here's the, here's the thing though here's it, what it sounded quiet in there to be honest like for the main event like I was like are they in one of those UFC tough enough where there's like a few hundred people in the thing dude I don't think ticket sales were very good it wasn't and I checked tickets like an hour or so before the card started and all the tickets that were available had disappeared off the map. So I don't know if that means they all of a sudden sold, which I doubt it because they were so expensive or UFC pulled them and started using them as comps, which is what I assumed happened. So if they had any comps they were going to give out, they started giving out all those seats. My assumption. I don't know. Nevertheless, I find it funny because how many times have we seen a situation like Colin Kaepernick? Or, which is not even what the fucking situation was. But the criticism to Colin Kaepernick in a lot of ways was, man, keep the politics out of sports. I just want to watch sports. Keep the politics out of sports. And which is not even, mo- it's not even a political thing, but okay. No. Yeah. And then there was, of course, the, um, the NHL issue with Pride Night. And all of that, you know, hockey for everyone, but it's not really for everyone. You get the idea. And again, this group of people that I put in the same Venn diagram were very much of the opinion of, man, I just want my sports. Keep this politics shit out of my sports. I just want to watch sports. All right. And then I feel like those exact same people (laughs) were the ones in Scotiabank Arena for no reason at all chanting fuck Trudeau. Now, listen. Believe I don't care. Want. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't care who the fuck you're going to vote I, for. I, here's my thing. I'm never going to take you seriously if that's how you present your argument. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, my thing is always, like, when people say this, like, people be like, man, and I don't care. It could be about anyone. It could be about Trudeau, Paglia, whoever. Bonnie Crump, Doug Ford, Donald, doesn't matter. When you make a statement, you all fuck that guy. Show your work. That's all I ask. Show your work. Right? Like, show me, give me examples why you don't like this. Yeah. And most people just go like this. They go, oh, fuck, immigration. Right? Like, they, but, okay. <laughs> what, what about it? What, what, fuck, it's just so many well, immigrants. Like, they don't have <laughs> anything to argue. It's just, well, oh, the, the fucking, too is- the fucking carbon tax. Okay, what about it? F- fucking billing me in gas. Okay, 
sure. Enjoy your environmental rebate <laughs> of more than you pay for carbon tax, but whatever, right? Like most people don't have, like, they don't have an, like, again, ask any one of those people in UFC based on what? They have zero idea. No, they, based they, they off Sean Strickland, like, the guy yeah. they like said something. That's what I mean, right? So whatever. Believe what you want. I just ask you to show your work. Well, here's the thing. I guarantee you that 95% of anybody who says F Trudeau and the reasons they give, it's provincial level, not federal level. <laughs> That's yeah, and, a good point. Too, right? That's we don't the understand the housing so. crisis yeah okay that's right. yeah when people are like oh it's because of Trudeau. no it's not it's because we have incompetent government in our provincial you know but uh, jobs seat. well yeah no it's not doug Ford closing service ontario's to give them the staples oh Ooh. just wait just wait until privatized health care starts really taking hold here and they're like oh well i'm not getting proper care it's fucking trudeau's fault it's like well no it's Private healthcare provincial. that was instituted. Yeah. yeah. Provincial so what do you what do you think the O in O hip stands for? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god, I need help. <laughs> oh my god, I'm hurt. I just found that funny. And yeah. we can move on now. As, as, as you should though, because you know what? Listen, you know what's truly funny in this world? Like the people who scream about the uneducated who scream that they're swear that they are educated. And I don't mean you know, scholastically or whatever. I mean, critical thinking. I mean, common sense. I mean, you know, the ability to institute logic into situations and oh, understand. Dude. We're going to go down a rabbit hole that we, we probably shouldn't because the, like the, the counter argument for that is always they're lying to you. Yeah. Yeah, they're lying to you. It's all it's all actors. It's it's because it's it's that communist country we live in right yeah, now. So. Scripted. It's it's all been if a lie. They, they want you to. If think they think that. it's, if they think it's communism, fucking go spend ten minutes in China and see how Dude, it is. I know that's, that's my favorite argument. Is like go hang out in Russia. Oh, Canada, yeah, Canada's <laughs> so communist. I'm like, really? You should spend some time in China, and you let me know uh, sure, how like, you feel. This sounds really bad. If Canada was as communist as they scream it would be, it's like, buddy, I would not be making more than you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. True. Well, someone who does make a whole lot of money is one Austin Matthews and uh, Mitch Marner and William Nylander. And he'll be making a lot more money next year. Holy. And John Tavares. And to a lesser extent, uh, Morgan Riley. You look at the combined salary of all those guys and you think, wow, that's a lot of money. And you would expect that they would be really good at hockey. And I think it's fair to say they are. Like Austin Matthews is leading the league in goals. Uh, Mitch Marner just reached, I think, fifth all-time or maybe sixth all-time of assists for Toronto Maple Leafs ever, which is fucking crazy if you think about it. And then, of course, William Nylander, for at least the first couple months of the season, was red hot. There was no hotter player in the league than William Nylander. Mm -hmm. Morgan Riley just got his first All-Star game selection, which is crazy to think about, but he is... He's playing out of his mind this year. He is a steady defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of all the criticisms you can say of this team, I don't think it's fair to give any of that to Morgan Riley. I think he has been incredible for this team, and he'll go down as one of the greatest defensemen ever to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. John Tavares was the little kid in the pajamas, in the the Toronto Maple Leafs bedspread, 
wanted to be here, left the Islanders to come play here. He wanted to come home. He wants to play here. There is so much narrative around guys not wanting to come to Toronto because of the scrutiny of the media. John Tavares said, fuck that. I am coming to Toronto and we're going to help this team win a championship. Great. All these things are great things you want to see with this team. The problem is they can't win games. Hmm. Now, they did beat the Seattle Supersonics. Obviously, it's not their name. They're the Kraken. But they did beat the Supersonics last night. And, I mean, sure, whatever. Previous to that, they had lost a lot. And they were losing games in fashions where they just kept blowing leads. And it's like, that. I think that's the biggest problem in a lot of ways is that you're there. Like, you're scoring goals. And you're, you have a lead. It, it's again, it, it goes <laughs> back to the Seinfeld thing. You know how to get the, get lead. the lead, but can you hold the lead? Holding the lead. Anyone can just get the lead, right? <laughs> you need to hold the lead. That's so good. That applies on so many situations. <laughs> it really it's not even funny. Holding the lead is the problem. And it's gotten to a point now. And it sounds like a stupid conversation to have. But hear me out. The Toronto Maple Leafs right now at this very moment of recording have 54 points in 45 games. They have 23 wins. Thank God for the overtime loss point because without that, they would not be in the playoffs right now. The Detroit Red Wings and Tampa Bay Lightning are one point behind the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why does that matter? Because those two teams are currently in the one and two wildcard spots. In a matter of a game or so, Detroit and Tampa could leapfrog Toronto. And then all of a sudden, Toronto is on the tipping point of not making the playoffs. You'll need the Islanders to start winning some games. And they haven't really. So there's still not like a significant chance of them missing the playoffs. But I can certainly see them all of a sudden becoming a wildcard team. And then it's just going to take the Islanders or I guess the Capitals to go on a run. And then all of a sudden the Leafs are on the outside looking in. And you're on the outside looking in with guys like Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Riley, Matthews. So, now the question is, and especially if you look at just their wins, like just total wins, <laughs> forget points, total wins, they're not, they're not a playoff team. It's, it's that bad. So, let's say things go real south lately. And considering that Martin Jones has fallen apart, and they are going to have to, and by falling apart, I mean like he's not winning games anymore. But is that... Completely on him, or is that no, 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 no. I, I'm not blaming Martin Jones. I'm just saying he's not going to steal a game for you. And it looks like they're probably going to go back to Samsonov because he had an okay game against a couple big saves. Seattle, Pot- yeah, yeah, there's that, there's that, that stress, yeah, yeah, like that spread eagle wide open net got the pad there, but no, you're but we're right. still probably a month away from Joseph Wall come back. I and and Let's also consider he's a rookie. Like we're just 
hoping that he's going to be really good. And he had been good. And I like Joseph Wall. And when he comes back, he probably is the number one goaltender until he loses that spot. Sample but size let's also, small. yeah, let's also temper expectations of what Joe Wall is. Because I don't know if we know that definitively yet. Actually, we don't at all definitively know what Joseph Wall is. So it is a very realistic possibility that by the time the trade deadline rolls around, the Maple Leafs are out on the outside looking in on the playoffs. And if that is the case, what do you do? Well, I don't think they will be on the outside, to be honest. I think with okay, coaching but, changes, system changes. And but hypothetically, like that, let's, okay, but hypothetically, let's say they are. I think you have to target goaltending. So are you looking at let's make a trade to get into the playoffs? Yes. Okay. Because I think if you're if you're at the point where you're one or two points out or even like five points out, for this team to do that, that's realistically nothing. I mean, for the past three seasons, they've been like 115-point season. And this year, they're at 110-point pace, like 106-point pace, right? Um, so do I think it's beyond them that if they had proper goaltending to get in? No. Now, it's definitely not going to be easy. I don't think it'll to pull off that because so many teams, like we talked about a few weeks ago, want goaltending. And a team that looked like they were ready to deal goaltending in Calgary with Markstrom, they're playing better. So are they going to be wanting to deal or are they going to try and make a push? Goaltending would be my ideal because guys like Benoit have played really well. I've been happy with how that dude's played. Um, Yeah, there's been breakdowns. Sometimes it's forward coverage in the D zone and sometimes it's, you know, goofy plays by Giordano not clearing the puck leading to a goal. But I think overall that having a higher caliber goalie will cover up a lot of issues for this team. Well, you know, the goalie thing is is one thing. But Sorry, it, it's worth noting that months ago, we completely wrote off the Edmonton Oilers when they went on that tailspin and fired their head coach. And now the Oilers have won 13 in a row and they're in a playoff spot. So With Stuart Skinner. Right. Yeah. So Sorry, go the, on though. I was going to say, like, the goaltending for sure. But then you look around the league and, like, Alexander Georgiev or Georgia isn't like a world beater. And, you know, Stuart Skinner, like you said, isn't a world beater. Uh, I, I, I wrote a note in the chat, Leaf Math, because I think I finally figured it out. <laughs> and it comes from, I was listening to Overdrive and Jeff O'Neill was talking about the Leafs and he said, you know, they, they lose four or five in a row, whatever, sometimes maybe six in a row. And then they go on these insane heaters of like, they rip off like 10, either it's like eight wins and two overtime losses or whatever, right? And it's like, that's what they are. They're they're wildly inconsistent, but when they get on those heaters, they look unbeatable. And I finally fucking figured it out. Because like it's leaf math. And what leaf math is, is that they don't ever end up on those heaters come the playoffs. So you can't afford to lose four or five in a row or lose four out of five or whatever when you get to the playoffs, because then you're done, right? So this team gets in these shitty grooves, and it's 
usually come playoff time. And then they don't elevate their game to even get to the point where they can be remotely competitive. The series against Florida was a perfect example of that. They beat Tampa, where it looked pretty decent, and then went on that four or five game slump against Florida. So Leaf Math dictates that they can't put together like the string of games at the right time. And that's the problem. They can do it in the regular season because they have all the time in the world to figure it out. You can you can lose six games and come back and win 10 because you got 82 games. You don't have 82 games to figure it out come playoff time. And that's, and that's basically what happens to this team. And it's, it's like, to be honest, if the Leafs missed the playoffs, I don't know that it would be bad for them. Like maybe, maybe those guys need a fucking up. wake up call. Well, yeah. if it's looking like they're going to make miss the playoffs, I am calling every playoff team like, hey, how do you feel about Tyler Bertuzzi? Yeah. How do you feel about Max Domi? Because listen, these yeah, guys sell off mode at that point. These guys are look, I, I like Bertuzzi and I like Domi, but they're on one year expiring contracts. And there's nothing to say that you can't sign Bertuzzi again in the offseason if there's a you know Mutual if there's a want between both teams. And same with Domi. Like you can always reacquire this player, assuming they don't sign an extension before then. I don't see a guy like Bertuzzi or Domi getting an eight year contract from whomever you trade them to. So they're likely going to be available in free agency next year anyways. I think it's the only right thing to do. If they are at the deadline, out of the playoffs, I don't care if it's by one point or 10 points. If you're not in the playoff spot by the trade deadline, you have to make a decision. That is, let's prepare for next year. Now, what can you get for those guys? I don't care what it is. Like if it's a a first round draft pick, great. It probably won't be. But if you look at the Maple Leafs draft picks for 2024, they have their first, thank Christ, but they have no second round pick. But they don't have theirs next year. Because that was the one for, who was it? um, I don't remember exactly who that, but yeah, the 2025 pick is not there. It's a Chicago trade for McCabe is where that pick went. Right. Who's been a who's um, been a fucking beast by the way. Jake McCabe's been yeah, a Yeah, the McCabe. past couple past couple weeks, him and Benoit have really been that kind of physical forceful presence that we've been looking for. And again, prime example, you don't need to be 6'5 and 235 pounds to cause some damage or be a physical presence on the back end. You just need to be tough, commit, commit to grinding it out and make guys pay a little bit. That's all they've done. Benoit especially. Benoit just looks like he just wants to hurt everybody out there. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and that $8 million that you would shed off the cap this year, maybe that's something you could also do where, I don't know a name off the top of my head, let's just say Patrick Kane, Hmm. is, hey, this guy is hurt. He's probably done for the rest of the season. Can you acquire this player onto your salary cap? Pay him. He's not going to play for you. But in doing that, the Red Wings will give you a second round pick. Start buying picks. Now, are all these draft picks that you get, are they going to help your team next year? No, not at all. Most likely not. The guys that you are looking that maybe will help you next year is Easton Cowan, Fraser Minton. But even then, I don't think those guys are even at that point where they're going to contribute next year. You're probably still a couple years away from that. You're probably looking at if this team misses the playoffs, you're not making the playoffs next year either. Probably not. Unless you make, unless 
there is something major that happens this offseason. Now, I don't know what that is. <laughs> that's the, I think that's the problem. Is I don't I think collectively between the three of us, we probably thought at the beginning of the year, look, goaltending is still suspect, but we kind of believed in Samsonov at the beginning of the year. We like the addition of Domi. We like the addition of Bertuzzi. We love the addition of Ryan Reeves at the beginning of the year. We thought that was a great idea. Listen, I'm calling for him coming back, and I'll get to that in a minute. Ryan Reeves coming back as in what? Like this season, or you mean next year? No, playing. I mean, I think a, a health pending, because I know he has an injury, and I'm not sure exactly how far along he is with that injury. If you are losing Bertuzzi and Domi, hypothetically speaking, obviously, like if this is the road we're going down, I don't see why not. Like, why wouldn't Reeves go back in the lineup if you are going to end up losing a Bertuzzi? Well, he and... said, okay, so we need to get into this a little bit because I think, okay, and I, I think there's something happening here that we're all kind of blind to. And I, I don't know, this is speculation, but how many of the Leafs acquisitions have signed again. Like how many, how many come back? How many trade deadline acquisitions that they've gotten have decided, yeah, I'm going to come back and stick it out with this team. Did Nick Foligno? Foligno didn't. Ryan O'Reilly did not. Luke Shen did not. That's just the Noel, names I'm thinking of. Noel Chari. Over the past couple. Noel Chari did not. I think Noel Chari probably would have had the cap situation been different. Same with Sam Lafferty. I think like, well, Lafferty was well, signed long term, yeah, so he was going to, but he got traded the way. Yeah, anyways, yeah. Which sucks because he, he's, he's playing not, great. In he's been so good. Um, but, I don't um, know, man. I feel like if Lafferty was on this team, he would be like so, a, a whipping then, boy for no reason. And then, so then Reeves comes out saying he's been ready to go. He's not, you know, he's just waiting for the go-ahead. He feels ready or he says he's he's good. He puts the work in at practice, whatever. Then there was the quote about the music in the room. So when he got brought to this team, he was brought to make uh, an impact on the culture of this team, right? You know, that, you know, sissy Sally bullshit wasn't going to be tolerated anymore. They got to stick up for each other, be tough, you know, Basically, no more BS. He was the one doing the jams in the locker room, whatever. Then in the article, it says they played some G-Unit song. And they're like, did you choose that? And he's like, wasn't me. Cool track, though. And when I think about statements like that, and then I think about, remember when Bertuzzi was asked about why he was laughing at the Marchand thing? And he's like, I don't have to answer. Dude, I'm just saying, between all these guys' departures after they've been acquired... And some of these different statements, you you don't see this team stick up for each other like other teams do. They just don't. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's from those five, four or five guys. I don't know if people are, are like turned off by their bullshit. I, I tell you, man, I don't I don't know if it's Mitch Marner said something the other day where he was like, we know we're a good team, blah, blah. He says that all the time. It's his only response. We know we're good. We don't need to pay attention to the noise, blah, blah, blah. I never hear, you know, we got to work harder. We got to find a way to have blah, blah, blah. There's, it's never that. So I start to think and I start to wonder, is there something inherently wrong? And you hear Keith, I don't know who I can trust to put out there. McKinnon, McCarr, they're on another level. Like something, something seems off to me. 
in this locker room. And I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I think it's, I think there's a little bit of brat in that locker room, similar to the old Muskoka five. And it's starting to freak me out. No, I agree. And like the thing that pisses me off the most is Marner, as much as Matthews is the best player on this team, Tavares is the captain. Marner is the drafted, developed, homegrown kid from here, favorite team, everything. Like he is in a unique position to, while not again being the captain, to really be the market voice of this team. And it's getting really exhausting where he's like, the i don't want to say like captain of positivity but the shit like show some anger man show some frustration be like yeah we're pissed off or yeah it's you know we got to be better whatever you know stop like we're we know we're a good team it'll work itself out like all it sounds like is you're not willing to put in the extra little bit of effort or the extra little bit of work to do what needs to be done you know that's exactly to put yourself it. on the line that's exactly it. I don't think that this team has the sacrifice in them. I just don't. And I don't I think and- Matthews does, don't get me wrong. I I do think Matthews does because again, I think at this point right now, he's we kind of got to leave him out of this. The dude's on like a 73 goal pace. He's doing what he needs to do and what he's paid to do. Well, but also to be fair to Mitch Marner, the other day where he blocked that shot on the penalty kill and then had a breakaway and scored. Like that was that was some superstar shit right there. Yes. That but Remember, that's after the quote and after everyone kind of gave him shit for it to being like, man, we hear this same shit all the time. When's it going to change? Right. So I just think that at some point you want to see that it bothers them. And it it feels like they only do. They only try and do the things that they're good at. And that drives me nuts, too. Like John Tavares, God love him, signs here. Man's not fine in the back of the net. Do anything. Find a way. This team... You know, what they, you know what they don't do? If Matthews, Nylander, whatever, if they're not scoring, they don't they don't find other ways to contribute. Like they, they're not good at that. And I don't. Again, I'm not too sure. I understand why. Throw throw a hit that's uncharacteristic of you. Win a puck battle that you normally wouldn't win. Win like Tavares went and won all the faceoffs in Seattle, which is great. Albeit he didn't face the best faceoff men in the world. But you gotta find other ways to contribute. Be a pest. Yep. Like do yep. something. It's like, yeah, when like these if, guys if don't the puck's score, not going in for you, throw the body. Like yeah. hack someone in the back of the leg. Play better be defense. Asshole. Yep. You know, figure something out. Be a contributing factor. It's like it's like they just disappear. You know? Like even when Nylander was going through that little blank spot until Vancouver where he scored two, it's just like he fucking John Cena, he'd w- his way off the team. Like he just was, he was not there. John Cena. Doo, 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 doo. So I don't know. I, I, I have a funny feeling there's a, there's a culture, a little bit of entitlement there that needs to be changed. And I thought, I think that Trey Living felt that. And that's why Reeves was signed for three years. Cause if you think about it, everyone's like, why the fuck is Reeves signed for three years? Right. And maybe it's to keep these guys accountable because he knows that. Like these kids are running around, and they're not kids anymore either. Like they're they're adults. Um, they're veterans. Like they're like we always treat them. Oh, they got to mature. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't need to mature. They should be mature. Um, maybe that's why he's there for three years because the window of opportunity for them, he figured, was in the next three years. And you need to have a guy. T- 
to keep that locker room accountable. Now, what does that say about Sheldon Keefe? We can talk about that in a few minutes, but I think that's the point about bringing that guy in is because you you needed someone to basically keep them off their shit. And I don't know. It just it seems like it's not happening. You know, sorry, just quickly jumping in because I, I didn't see the full quotes of Ryan Reeves. And, you know, good on the dude who could have easily been like, they're not putting me in or whatever. He's just like, hey, I'm not part of those conversations, whatever. I just do what I got to do to be ready whenever. Like he's, But, man, especially when you're playing a team like Calgary or um, Vancouver, when they have Zadorov, knowing that they're probably going to take liberties with some of your guys as Zadorov tried. At some point, you think you probably should have put him in for that, no? Well, they definitely should have known the game against Vancouver is going to be chippy, just based on the last time there was a game of Toronto versus Vancouver in Toronto. Now, fortunately, since the Canucks are the best team in the league and the Maple Leafs aren't going to make the playoffs, it, this is the last time they're going to play each other this season, so it doesn't matter. But... That is certainly uh, questionable, but I don't know. Reeves was finding it hard to be in the lineup when he was healthy, and now coming off the injury, I don't know if that's the right game to put him in against the best team in the NHL. So I assume that might have been the thinking, if he is ready to come back. But there's certainly been a lot of interesting uh, decisions being made by Sheldon Keefe, which I think we do need to talk about. But before we do, I need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S.ca or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. There's been a lot of interesting decisions made by Sheldon Keefe. The, the line blender that he's been employing by putting Pointus Holmberg on the top line and Matthew Nyes on the fourth line and Giordano in, Giordano out, Timmons in, Timmons out, Robertson in, Robertson out. It's It's been a whole thing. And look, you can micromanage Sheldon all you want and say, I don't, I don't agree with this or I agree with, don't agree with that. It's getting to a point, I don't think we're there yet, but I think it's getting to a point where Sheldon might be on the bubble now. Where I don't know if what he is preaching is getting through anymore. And now that Dubis is gone, and let's make no mistakes about it, Sheldon Keefe was a Kyle Dubis guy. His first NHL coaching gig was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's I'd have to check the records, but I think that's pretty unprecedented of your first NHL coaching gig being with the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
pretty sure his first junior coaching gig was with, with the Sioux Greyhounds. With the Sioux Greyhounds, yeah. Well. And then up to the Marlies. The Marlies so yeah. since you can say, yeah, he came up through the organization, but, and I, I mean, he did. It's just, you know, you don't see that very often. Now, there certainly is other options available. I mean, we just saw former Toronto Maple Leafs general manager Lou Lamorello sign Patrick Waugh to be the new head coach of the New York wild. Islanders. That's wild. Which is, you know, <laughs> interesting on its own. Like, I would never Based associate on, you know, Waugh and Lou, and I would never associate Waugh with the Islanders. Like, it just seems so odd. Yeah. Like, when I saw it, I was like, really? The Islanders? You know? like, And I guess because we only saw Waugh in Montreal and Colorado, and he already coached Colorado, that, you know, we it, it just it feels odd. I don't, and it feels more odd than any other coach who played somewhere else and then coached another team. It just, I think he's because he's Cause so he's synonymous. So, yeah, he's so fiery, right? That like, you just, you almost see him coaching in Montreal before you'd see him coaching in That's Long what I mean, Island. right? Like, he's, he reminds me of a little bit of Pat Burns in that way, like where he's got that little bit of belly fire. I don't, why the island? <laughs> like, why did he choose? Like, I'm sure he's been approached by other teams to coach. What about the Islanders made him go, yeah, that's the opportunity I want. Maybe it's Lou. <clears throat> Maybe yeah. something about he likes Lou's old school style of running the team like a military, the no beards, the dress codes and things like that. Maybe he likes that structure because he came up in that kind of structure, the timing of the league, right? I mean, his so, beard was pretty epic. It's gone now. Yeah, it is gone now. Oh, but you um, know what I mean? So maybe it aligns with his vision of how a team should be run. Um, he's got a good That's goalie. all I can think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, through. maybe that's the other thing too. Maybe they look at the Tendi and he's like, I, I can work with them, you know? Could you imagine being a goalie coach for a team that Patrick Waugh is coaching? His head coaching? Yeah, you feel like, uh, sir, am I doing this right? Well, no, it's just how how often do you think you're going to be undermined? That's what I right? mean. Or yeah. Patrick Wall's over there being like, no, you're doing this wrong. I have two Stanley Cup rings that say. Yeah. Exactly. So, I don't know. I just, it is very odd to me that he's there. I do think it's long overdue for him to get another shot because for sure. you've seen worse coaches get more opportunities in the league than this guy. And he like, coached the John shitty Tor- Avs team. He like that Avs like, team was not good. Like yeah. Mike Babcock. Right. Or think of it like this. Torts has had more opportunities than Patrick Wall. Granted, Torts has a cup. No, 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 no. Hang on though. John Tortorella is not a bad coach. No, I don't he's think not. he's I don't think he's a bad coach. And for all the things we said about Mike Babcock being a shitty fucking human, everything he said about this team has turned out to be correct. I just want to <laughs> yeah. point that out. Everything he said about like you know, we need to, like, like all the, and okay, so I know we're having the bigger conversation about Sheldon Keith, Patrick Wall, whatever. A couple things. One, all the teams, listen, Vancouver was dog shit last year. They have made literally zero personnel changes outside the addition of Zadorov, and now they're world beaters under Rick Tockett, and they're playing a wildly successful brand of hockey. Gotta think some of that has to do with Rick Tockett coming in saying, this is how we're going to fucking play hockey. Then 
the uh, the Oilers get Chuck Knobloch in there to coach, and all of a sudden they start ripping off wins, right? Then look at the Philadelphia Flyers; they're a pretty good team. I I'm going to well, ask you guys this. Hang on. Okay. What is the Toronto Maple Leafs' identity under Sheldon Keith? Because I'll tell you what I think it is. Circle back. Mm. <laughs> well, it's all about possession of the puck for them, right? Their whole thing is don't dump and chase. That's a waste of the puck. And, you know, instead of dumping and chasing, turn around, regroup, whatever. It's it's puck possession. Now, with how fast the game is now and how quick guys get on you, do I think that's kind of conducive some nights yeah it will be against slower teams like pittsburgh or whatever but when you're playing teams that are just as fast as you it's not good um i i I go back i think that might have worked in the ahl i think here i think there's a reason why teams that you know you look at, at teams like colorado and vancouver like they are putting the puck into areas where you have to battle and they're winning those battles and the other teams are getting tired out I don't think Keith wants to play that type of hockey. And I look and it sucks because they have the guys to do it. Like Tyler Bertuzzi has been like to your point, like he might not be scoring at a pace that you'd want him to, but man, is that guy ever like puck pursuit champion? That guy's on every puck. And it actually forced a um forced that goal in Seattle where he was he chased the guy down, uh pushed him over, and he had a nice pa- who'd he pass to? Uh out of the corner in Seattle. It was a nice pass. I forget. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't watch the whole game. It was too late. Past my bedtime. (laughs) But uh, I don't know what their identity is under Keefe. And now there are options out there. There's Craig Berube. I mean, if if you're looking for someone who's probably not going to take shit from some of these guys, Berube is going to be the guy. I want someone to slap Mitch Marner in the mouth when he says, we're a good team. I think you know who I want. I want Bruce Boudreaux. I mean, that's the that's the heartstrings pick, but I would say is he hard? Yeah, and Barube's won a cup recently. Is is didn't honestly Boudreaux won a cup with Washington? Didn't he? No, he was gone. Wasn't him? No, that was uh, the other fat bald guy. The other fat bald guy. No, it was Barry Trotz, who's now the GM of uh, Nashville. I always just assume, uh-oh, not assume, I always associate Bruce Boudreaux with the Washington Capitals because he's there for so long, but nevertheless. And but who, the who, like, TV like is, show. I don't know that Boudreaux is, is tough tough enough. Um, Maven callback. I don't know if he has that in him. Like, to be honest, I, man, I will get hated for saying this. John Tortorella would fucking beat the shit out of these guys. Oh, no. Like, I, I, would, I would like John Tortorella as well. And I think that's what they need in terms of a kick in the ass type of coach, but he's not available. So that's Take why I Pat Burns. <laughs> yeah. Like find a way to clone him. AI clone Pat Burns and bring him in. Pat Quinn. Like bring him back. He wouldn't let these guys get away with this shit. I don't think Pat Quinn is healthy enough to do that. I mean, AI clone these guys. Pat Burns isn't either. Oh, They're okay. both dead. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that broad from uh, Major League. Here's my roster. These guys are dead. Um, yeah, they just need they need someone who's who's there to to win, 
not to baby these guys. And I just there was a in the first game of the season against Montreal, Tyler Bertuzzi went ape shit all over the place. And there's rumors that Sheldon Keefe holds these guys back from getting involved in shit like that. I don't know how true right. that is, but because Keefe was, was a, Keefe was an asshole when he played. Huge brick. There was also a situation. I think it was the, I think it was the hit on Lilligren that injured him, and Reeves was ready to go out there and fight, and Keith was like, "No." So there's probably something to that as well. And I, 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 I mean, we're not there. Like we don't know, right? But we've heard a lot of these stories of Sheldon Keith like trying to hold these guys back from being pests. And I don't know if that's the right call. Like, listen, this team has been built around skill. That's what the, the entire identity of this team is. They're going to outskill you and they're going to outscore you. And overwhelm you with just skill. Right. But <laughs> yes. I can ask you a question. Which, is, which is doesn't Nathan work Mc... in the playoffs. No. Is Nathan McKinnon not a skilled player? Of course he is. Is, is Nikita Kucherov not a skilled player? Certainly is Sidney Crosby not a skilled player? He's one of the best. These guys all find a way, and I'm. That's just a short list. These guys all find a way to to find, they find that, that part gear of their in the game. Players. Yes, and I, you you know what bugs me is Matthews has shown glimpses of it a yeah. little bit, at and times. what and at times. But what bothers me more is the dude is a monster. He's like six three and two hundred and twenty five pounds. He could do some and for how fast he is, and how good he is on the puck. He could, how big is Nathan McKinnon? Nathan McKinnon, I think, is 6'1", 210. 6'2", 210. I would have thought up. he's 6'7", um, the way he plays. Who's going to get there he's first? He's 6'200 pounds. So yeah, I was he close. Is, I was he close. is smaller than Austin Matthews. By I challenge anyone listening who doesn't watch Avs games, watch Nathan McKinnon play. Well, it's, I've always said this. Is right. They're it, on a different level. They're like Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon don't like even when they have bad games, you're like that you're like off night, you know, because even their bad games are better than most people's good games. McCarr's 5'11. <laughs> it's just a so, different mindset. You're six foot, eh? you gotta call him 5'11. It's, it's the plague of every dude who's 5'11. He's like, you couldn't just give me six foot, yeah. I was 5'12, really. Um, um yeah. But no, I know what you're saying. The thing is, is like, and I've I said this to a lot of people where McDavid's fast, but he's fast as like, like a water bug. Like someone's just skimming on the ice or whatever. McKinnon's fast, but it's heavy. It's like a train. You know, it's just when he comes at you, it's power. And yeah. he he's six foot, but he plays like Jim said, like he's six five. You know, they he just, doesn't give up on a puck. He's a never. prick on the ice. They And you're right. Like, they just don't have that commit. And maybe that comes from a coaching change. It seems to have worked. I think Vancouver is the best example. Like, Rick Tockett has done something in that locker room that has changed the culture of the Vancouver Canucks. You know, well, Elias Pedersen is going to get heart trophy votes this year. Well, he, Elias Pedersen is like 170 pounds, and he's thrown his body around. Right, um, you know, it's a commitment to winning that I just I don't know. I mean, maybe you don't need to when you have GQ and Prime sponsorships. Well, here's well, the speaking, thing. Oh, sorry, I was just, Prime, I was just gonna say about Rick Tockett. 
you can't argue with him on the toughness because he's one of the toughest dudes of his era. He you can't argue with him. Nasty son of a bitch. Yeah. You can't argue with him on skill because he put up 48 goals in a season once and had a 109 point season. So he had a 96 point season with the Flyers and seven. Like the dude had consistent 45, like 31, 45, 37, 40, 48 goal seasons. Like, and what were his penalty dude, minutes? Oh, the year he put up 48 goals, 61 points, 109 points, his highest point total season, 252 PIMS. 252. That guy was barely <laughs> on the ice to get those goals. He was in the Could box. you imagine if he had half those penalty minutes? He would have Dude, had like 180 points. He would have numbers. <laughs> yeah. So that I think that's what works with Tockett is he's like, I could put the puck in the net, but I'll beat your face in. So what are these guys going to say to him? What's anyone on that team going to say to him? Like, you you couldn't hack it? Oh, boy, the dude could hack it. That's unlike, what I'm saying. The guy could hack yeah. it, right? Like, give me – what's Scott – call Scott Stevens. What's he doing? Let's get him behind the bench. He's like a special advisor in New Jersey or some shit. <clears throat> like, and I, I don't know that Guy Boucher could step in and do it either because I, I don't no. recall the Guy Boucher Lightning being the best teams either. No, they were boring as fuck. Yeah. It so, was all neutral zone trap. Like the one, two, like are the, uh, what was it? The two, one, two, or the one, two, two. It was, uh, it was the yeah. most so, boring. I don't know. My vote's hockey. for Barube. I know that's kind of the popular choice right now because he is coming off a recent cup, but that guy didn't take shit either. I, I, that would be my vote too. My vote would be, um, Deion Sanders. <laughs> Can you imagine? Let's get Coach Prime in here. Imagine. Doesn't matter if he knows hockey. He he comes in. He's like, you guys aren't on this team anymore. They're like, but we have contracts. He's like, you're not. You, you, you have tryouts. He has tryouts in September. Every week there's a tryout. Yeah. That'd be wild, man. That'd be great. Just have him as a special advisor. Yeah. But that's a thing, just right? like... And, I think, can I ask you a question? I was talking about this with somebody else. In other pro sports, have you ever seen a team like sometimes just like not engaged with like as a team as the Toronto? Like I think about, you know, like if, if, if a guy got punched in the Lakers, like full disclosure, like LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't just going to sit there and be like, well, no, they would they would turn they would turn to someone and be like, "Yo, hold me back," so it looks like I'm trying to get to him. Right. And then, but at least yeah. they're engaged, right? Like if if there was a bench brawl with the Yankees, do you think Aaron Judge sits on the bench and goes, "Fucking way she goes"? Like, no, but that's a different. It's hard to compare because getting punched in the face in hockey is actually a very normal thing to happen. Which makes it worse. They should be in there because it's normal. No, I just mean like you're almost desensitized to it. So, uh, like maybe, when, I don't know. when when Rude Neto Dur punched Jose Bautista in the face and the benches cleared, that was a a thing we're still talking about to this day, and it happened what in 2015? Because it never happens. It, exactly, it's it's a very rare occurrence. Whereas you're going to see football in football, if there's a slight altercation, the entire team's there and they hit each other on every play. I don't know. I don't. I I just don't see the team sacrificing, and I think that starts at the coach. So we'll see. Yeah, it's going to take some uh, some winning for the Maple Leafs to make the playoffs. But there are a number of teams in the playoffs right now in the NFL. And this past weekend was 
the division round playoffs. And it all kicked off on Saturday afternoon. And I was upset that this game was a Saturday afternoon game, not a primetime game, but nevertheless, the Baltimore Ravens just whooped the Texans. I kind of felt bad for C.J. Stroud, who didn't get a single offensive score. In fact, the Texans in general did not get a single offensive touchdown. The one touchdown they did score was on a kickoff return. But man, Lamar Jackson with two touchdowns through the air, two on the ground, just due to himself. They're guy all of a sudden they had wide receivers. What happened? You know, I look at this Ravens team and I say this is a very good team. I feel like there isn't a lot of guys with the exception of Lamar Jackson on the offensive side of the ball. With the exception of Lamar Jackson, I don't look at anyone and say that guy's incredible. He's the best thing I've ever seen. But there's no they jabronis have, either. Yeah. No, like they're they're Isaiah likely came on and played very well when Mark Andrews was hurt. So I would say he's he's good. And Mark Andrews is coming back from an injury, so he's not as great as he used to be. So he's he's good. I guess other than Justin Tucker, who's an, a fucking freak. Mutant. But yeah. then like he'll throw a pass to Nelson Aguilar. Like yeah, he's a he's a good player. And then J.K. Dobbins will run it run it and Gus Zay Edwards. Like, yeah, those are yeah, those are good players. And then you'll see Dalvin Cook out of nowhere. Like, yeah, he's a good player. It's just there's just a lot of good players on the team. There's no one that's going to, you know, ruin your life like Tyreek Hill, but they're getting the job done right now. And that's more than you can say about the uh, Green Bay Packers. Wait a sec. Did you hear the story about CJ Stroud going into the Ravens locker room and like I did not. walking past Lamar Jackson or something, like leading them in prayer and then he walked out? No. I don't know if that was fake but- or real. I heard that. I can I believe it. There is a, a, an interesting, significant overlap of the Venn diagram of professional football players and religious players. I'm not sure what that is, but, you know, it's America, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, there I, don't know. Is I, heard also, a, I heard a story about him, like, going into the dressing room of the Ravens and, then, like, walking past everyone, went over to someone and said, like, it's going to be a day, and then, like, led them in prayer. I mean, that's if, if that's the sort of thing you do, and that seems like a nice thing to do. I mean, if you're going to, you know, go out there and kill each other, you might as well shake I mean, hands before and shake lose, hands what, after. It was thirty-four yeah. ten. Yes, <clears throat> you lose thirty-four ten to the league, like the MVP. Like it's, it's gonna be like see Charlotte has such a long career ahead of him. What he was able to do with the Texans this year, like wasn't didn't hinge on a Super Bowl, didn't hinge no. on a championship. No. Hold the head high, nothing, pal. Right? It, it's his first appearance. He's a rookie. He'll house be here money. again. It's all house money. Right. Speaking of, do you know how much money you would have won if you bet Christian McCaffrey two touchdowns, Lamar Jackson two touchdowns, and Josh Allen two touchdowns? Oh, boy. Like, if I, I, my buddy was texting me. He was just like, I was putting money on different parlays, and he said, if you'd put, like, Ten dollars on that, it would have been like four grand. Mm. By the way, I just want to say I called the CMC two touchdowns, but I did too. It was on my ticket, but I didn't get it. Anyway, sorry. Fuck, I think next week I'm gonna put Lamar Jackson down for four touchdowns. Ooh. Against Kansas City, I would not be surprised. What was funny though, if you look at all the teams that were involved in the division round playoffs, it was CJ Stroud and the Texans, first round pick. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, first round pick. 
Uh, Jordan Love and Green Bay Packers, first round pick. Baker Mayfield and Buccaneers, first round pick. Uh, who am I missing for Josh the Allen. Is, um, Josh Allen, first round pick. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, first round pick. Jared Goff, first round pick. And then you have Brock Purdy, seventh round pick of Brock Purdy. <laughs> and hey, you got the job done. And I, I still, to this day, am going to go to my grave and tell you Brock Purdy ain't it. I'm telling that right now. Brock Get a Purdy DH gate Brock Purdy jersey. So I was watching first take this morning, and oh, Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith, they were debating the Brock Purdy thing. And I think they all said it really well. Like, Brock Purdy's a good player. He's a good quarterback on a very good team. And players like that have won Super Bowls. But he's just not he's not great. He's like what you said about the Baltimore Ravens, right? Like, he's just not... Like, Lamar Jackson is great, right? Yeah. John Elway was great. Peyton Manning, great. Tom Brady, great. Like, of, Brock Purdy's more like those Kurt Warner. Sure. But, like, of all those quarterbacks involved in this round of the playoffs, you know, Stroud, Love, um, Jackson, Purdy, Mayfield, Goff, uh, Allen, and Mahomes... Of those eight, do you put Brock Purdy ahead of any of them? No, like, maybe of that eight, like I, I mean, I mean, solo. Like we don't know what Brock Purdy looks like on the Panthers. Right? Well, no, what I'm saying is like if if you're doing a fantasy draft, and here's not even a fantasy draft, what you're I'm building an NFL team. Yeah, does CMC make Brock you, Purdy look better though? Of course he like, does. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Like I might take Brock Purdy ahead of Baker. But on the 49ers, would I take Brock Purdy ahead of Baker on the Bucks? Probably not. Okay, l- let me rephrase. You're the San Francisco 49ers. You have your roster as it is, except you don't have a quarterback. You can pick one of those eight guys. At what point do you pick Brock Purdy? Probably last. Or close I would to. say I would want Lamar Jackson first. Okay, fine. I can't get Lamar Jackson. Give me Josh Allen. Okay, fine. Give me Patrick Mahomes. Okay, fine. Give me Jared Goff. Okay, fine. Give me CJ Stroud. You know what I mean? Like, I would not get to Brock Purdy until the very last option is what I'm saying. Right. I hear you. Anyways. At the same token, uh, do do you think that all of this has solidified Jordan Love as a, a bona fide? Man, we talked about it last week, but they were pretty close. They were. Um, they probably need to score a bit more than zero in the fourth quarter. And that's ultimately what their undoing was. I think the future is bright for Jordan Love and, and for CJ Stroud. So there's those are two guys who I think are going to be very, very good for a long time to come. Being Green Bay and just, oh, Brett Favre, next Aaron Rodgers. Oh, next Jordan Love. Like, fuck, man. Yeah. Even when like it was like, oh, Jordan Love ain't it. Like two weeks later, oh, looks like Jordan Love is it. Okay, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like that run of quarterbacks they have is in Green Bay is stupid. And yet the Jets, the Jets can't figure it out. They've gone through more quarterbacks in the past four years than Green Bay has in the past 40. You know hey, what, man, The Jets had Joe Flacco and they blew it. They, listen, they, they are... By the way, Zach Wilson unfollowed the Jets on Instagram. Um, sure. 
They okay. did it right, though. They let these guys simmer. Aaron Rodgers didn't get started. They didn't boot Brett Favre after Aaron Rodgers was drafted. Rodgers sat like in the two pine. Years. Yeah, it was like two, three years he, he rode the bench. And then he? Brock, and then not Brock, Jordan Love had to sit in the pine for two years while Aaron Rodgers did his thing. Well, I saw, I saw someone tweeted out. They were just like, Green Bay figured it out. Have an all-star MVP caliber quarterback. Draft, you know, as he gets older and starts to wane, draft a young QB to come in and piss him off enough so he gets MVP caliber, trade him at its highest value, let the backup learn from that guy, and then when he's dealt, he comes in and he's the yeah. same. Listen, Jordan Love, 15 years from now, going to love him on the Jets. <laughs> then oh we God. had the Buccaneers and Lions. Baker Mayfield's luck finally runs out. The Lions are advancing to the NFC title game for Do you the first time that I can remember. Do you? Do believe I believe now? No. They're going to get mauled. No, I'm saying I said at the beginning of the season the Lions were a great, good team and they were going to go fairly. Do you believe now? Like, have the Lions there's shown one, enough? There's one possibility that I want to talk about when we get to our picks for next week of where I think the Lions could end up. And I, I like the possibility. Look, I like the Lions. Like, I, I enjoy watching them play. Dan Campbell's awesome. I was going to say, like, isn't Dan Campbell's is, fucking best? He's so cool. And the, like the clips of him giving those press conferences and what he said he wanted this team to be and how we're going to punch you in the face and stuff. Like, yes. And they did it. Like, can he co- coach the Maple Leafs? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Give me Dan Campbell, Leafs coach. Yeah, that's it. Exactly what we need. And then, uh, obviously, this was the game of the week. This was the Sunday nighter. It was the Chiefs and Bills. And there's, I, I think, very few things in the world that make me laugh more than the the lack of success of the Buffalo Bills. I, I, I do feel bad for the Bills fan base, though. Those people have been, are so dedicated to their team. I mean, it's fucking Buffalo, New York. It's, you know, there's not much going on in Buffalo, New York. So their Bills are very important to them. And I'm not the, uh, I'm not the type to want to jump through a flaming table for no, for no reason. But, you know, that's what they do. That's, that's Bills Mafia. That's what they do. I mean, I'm happy they lost. <laughs> but I will give them credit in that <clears throat> they were shoveling their asses off last week and this week just to be in that shithole of building to watch their team fall apart like they always do. The Bills had a chance to tie the game at the end of the game and missed a field goal wide right, very similar to one of their Super Bowl appearances, I think it was Super Bowl 25, whatever it was. <laughs> um, you know, just Buffalo going to Buffalo, you know? Laces it's out. fun to see another team do it. You know, the Maple Leafs are always the ones who fall on their face in the playoffs. It's fun to see another team do it. Uh, there was a I saw a highlight. <clears throat> I didn't watch the entire game. I don't know who the ball was thrown to. Josh Allen throws the ball and it was in the end zone, and he threw the he threw the ball. The guy was wide open. I I don't know who it was. He threw the ball a good seven feet away, and the guy just stopped running because it was just like like that could have been a real big turning point. I think there were a lot of things in this game that the Bills coulda woulda shoulda. I mean. Doing the, I saw someone call it the Make a Wish fake punt with Demar <laughs> Hamlin. 
which I think is the funniest <laughs> name for the play. Uh, I mean, like, why? Yeah. Like, why are you doing a fake punt at that? Like, just go for it. Like, do a real play. Well, they like, said, like, if you, the, the stats, something say that if you're under four yards on fourth down, it's a better option to go for it than punt it away. You know, even but even a fake punt, like so much has to go right with a fake punt. You know, like yeah, because guys guys are set up all all clustered together, so then they got to spread out, and then you always have a couple guys back just in case to defend. So you're already starting right kind of you without have, proper. And if you have Josh Allen, who, for all intents and purposes, if you're the Buffalo Bills, you believe he's top quarterback in the league. You have Stefan Diggs, you have Gabe Davis, you have Dawson Knox, you have. Dalton Kincaid, you have James Cook. James Cook. Like, apparently, you have these weapons, and you want to run Make a Wish with Demar Hamlin. I don't know, man. I think I I don't know that game to me. Like Sean McDermott's probably got to go. I don't know who does the play calling for the Bills, but and well, I actually I, I think the Bills are in a lot of trouble because I don't think Stefan Diggs sticks around. Gabe Davis no. is a free agent. I don't know. I don't think this Bills team is is headed in the right direction at all. Well, if you're Josh Allen, though, too, you've got you've been beaten by Mahomes in playoffs. What the past three years? And now in that in the AFC, you now have CJ Stroud coming. You now have you got Mahomes, who's only like 27, so he's he's sticking around. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got a healthy Joe Burrow coming back. You have Lamar Jackson. You have Tua. You have all these quarterbacks that you could argue are either on par or better than Josh Allen. And as you said, Gabe Davis, probably gone. Stefan Diggs did not look happy this season. Not surprised if he's gone. And it's you're going to see a massive regression for this Bills team, I feel like. Unless they go out and they <laughs> sign a guy like a Mike Evans or something, you know, who's to to bolt, to do something with his offense. Because I don't Make a I don't trade with Minnesota for... Make another trade with Minnesota to get Justin Jefferson. I don't know. They're right? gonna have to do but, something if they want to take the next step because I don't like when Josh Allen goes to sleep, closes his eyes. First thing he sees is Patty Mahomes. Yeah, and that that little like frilly walk he gets sometimes. Yeah, walking over to him to say good game, big dog. Well, speaking of Patrick Mahomes, for the first time in the Mahomes era, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be on the road in the playoffs. And they are going to have to go into Baltimore. They were on the road last week in Buffalo. On the road into an AFC or AFC championship game. Let's put it that way, though. <laughs> okay. I was going to say they've been on the road the whole playoffs so far. Yeah. 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 First time on the road in the AFC championship game, I think, is what the stat was. Anyways. That's going to be a hell of a game. Right Although now? I imagine yeah. Lamar Jackson just runs right through yeah. Kansas City. So we do have times for these games. It is a Saturday afternoon game for the Chiefs and Ravens at 3 o'clock. And we have the Ravens favored by three and a half. The over-under is 44 and a half. Oh, I am taking the Ravens on that one. I think they win by like 14. Yeah, I take the Ravens. I don't, I don't think the Chiefs defense is that good to stop both the run and Lamar passing. Um, and I also... Sorry, something just happened with my fan duel. Um, I also don't think that the Chiefs offense is what it used to be to compete with the level of defense that Baltimore's playing right now. 
Listen, and the has script been is in. We've seen the we've seen the Super Bowl logo. The Ravens are winning. Oh, there was a there was a news thing. Did I I forgot I screenshotted it. I was gonna drop it in the Discord. I'll drop it now. Yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was like a it news says, blurb that came up. Usher, Niners Ravens. Usher, whatever, are performing at Super Bowl, whatever with yeah, it says Reba McIntyre, Usher, and Post Malone are slated to perform at San Francisco 49ers and Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl matchup on February 11th. Yeah, yeah, I don't. That could be Photoshop. That's just but... no. Well, I don't even know a Photoshop. I think it's just the the intern that's writing the blurb is just fucking with people. Uh, but it's probably some guy sitting there on a Friday night at 11 p.m. and there's no one in the newsroom and he's like, <laughs> I'm going to put this out for 10 seconds to see if anyone notices. You know, I, I can see that's what it was. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Would I like to Ravens? see the Ravens in Super Bowl? Sure. Um, I mean, they're a favorite I, team. Yes, exactly. So I would love to see the Ravens in there. Um, here's the only thing that scares me. Is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift scares me. I think it's a very real possibility they want her there at the Super Bowl. However, did you know that she is in Australia the week of the Super Bowl? She has... Ooh. I heard all this on TikTok, so like someone can fact check me on this one. But from what I understand, she will be in Australia for a concert on the 10th of February. And then like, okay, well, that concert will end at such and such time. If she flew back immediately... There's a chance she could get into Las Vegas by 7 p.m. Local time, Las Vegas. So it's possible. Although I think the Super Bowl normally kicks off at like 6 o'clock or something like that. So you know, pregame's at like 6.30. And then right. with all the pomp and circumstance, it's probably closer to 7. They may need to hold off kickoff if uh, Taylor Swift is in the air. Like we'll be on Power plane outage. watch like it's Shohei Otani. Yeah. Power outage. What if it's... Taylor Swift on one side and Eminem. Uh-huh. That's what I was going. Oh, That's was it? 100% where I was going <laughs> because when you said, talking about if you, I believe in the Lions yet, I'm like, look, if the Kansas City Chiefs are to beat the Ravens, big if, I know, then I'm all in on Detroit because then I want to see a face-off of some sort between Taylor Swift and Eminem. There needs to be some sort of interaction there. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Now, I know they've already lined up like Usher is going to perform. No one gives a fuck about Usher, okay? If this game <laughs> ends up being Taylor Swift versus Eminem, we need some sort of musical Change performance of, of, a, of a back-to-back, like a, a almost like a, a drum-off, but a they're, not, they're not drumming. A, they're going to do like a rap battle, but it's not rap. They're going to do like a chorus battle. Like Eminem's going to do a chorus, and everyone's going to sing along with them. And then Taylor Swift has a chorus of one of her songs, and they sing along with her. Dude, I want to see... Match graphics like Mortal Kombat, just boom. like they come in from the side. Like it's a celebrity death match. Yeah, exactly. That'd be wonderful. But first, we got to get to that game. We do have to get to that game first. And the only way that's going to happen is if the Lions were to defeat the 49ers. Currently, Niners at home are favored by seven. Over-under is 50 and a half for this one. I think there's value on the Lions. If you're, if like, to cover there's a real world where the lions beat the 49ers i thought the 49ers were this unbeatable team their defense has looked sus i think the way i'm looking at it is i'm probably not going to parlay these two games i think i'm going to take the ravens against the chiefs 
But if the Chiefs are going to win, then I'm going all in on Lions to have the Eminem and Taylor Swift battle. But if the Ravens are to win, then yeah, I'm going all in on 49ers. So that's in my head. I'm thinking the Super Bowl is either going to be the Ravens versus the Niners or the Chiefs versus the Lions. In my head, that's what I'm thinking. So I'm probably not going to parlay the two unless I just do two different tickets. I don't know. I'll think about it. But that's where I'm that's where I'm leaning. I'm thinking in my heart, Ravens Niners is what's going to be the Super Bowl. But I can definitely see a situation where it's Taylor Swift versus Eminem. So it's I guess the worst case scenario if it ends up being like Ravens versus Lions, and that would fuck me on both tickets. But you know. I think it's funny how the the bigger line is is on the Niners. Yet I think that's the closer game. I really do. I think the Niners and the Lions is a much closer game than the Ravens and the, the Chiefs. Only because I think watching Josh Allen run through the Chiefs defense as easy as he did, like Lamar Jackson is significantly better than at that than Josh Allen is. So I think he's going to run rough shot over the the Chiefs defensive line. Guys, I, I have breaking news. Um, Tess Kiera just uh, liked my tweet on uh, Twitch or on, on Twitch on Twitter. Who's that? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Some fucking AI bot. I'm just saying. Like, there's a, there, uh, there's a, a pretty girl who liked my who? Uh, tweet from. <laughs> there's a pretty girl who liked my tweet from three weeks ago. I, I should probably message her. And Dude, see what happens. there's this guy on TikTok. Speaking of it, his name's Chad Huber, um, C H eighty, and then his last name is H U B E R. And what he does is he he calls it catfishing the catfish, and he just mm. plays with these people, like who are like. Hey, sexy, I want to be your girlfriend. He's like, okay. And then he just like strings them along for days. And then they're like, oh, I need you to go buy me an Apple gift card uh, for something, whatever. <laughs> and he'll be like, yeah. take a picture of himself. Which one do you want me to buy? And then they like get frustrated with him. And then he like insults them in like Swahili or African. And then they get so pissed off. It's so funny. If you get a chance, look at yeah, that's the thing. That, or Kip Boga. Yeah, Kip Boga's good too. It's more often than not. I don't think it's AI bot. I think it's literally someone in a sitting in a room in India, like on a Pentium three computer, just typing up like all these th- things 3. to millions of people, and they're paying them all like two dollars an hour to do this. And um, you get Intel one person, Cellulon. yeah, <laughs> you get one person to throw you that five hundred dollar gift card, and you're like, all right, that's just paid my wages for the next month, right? Right. It's so funny. The I'll send you guys the a video in the chat and yes. whatever, but it's it's pretty good. Do it, do it now. Well, football is not the only thing happening this weekend. We also no. have the WWE Royal Rumble. Yee. And the, <laughs> there could be significant changes to the Royal Rumble by in literally a half hour from now. So we don't know what's going to happen on Raw tonight. We're recording on Monday night, but word on the street is that Seth Rollins is hurt. So depending on the status of that injury, there could be changes, obviously. If he's not ready to compete for WrestleMania, that could change things. If he's going to be fine for WrestleMania, then nothing changes. It doesn't matter. They may just say, you know what? Winner of the Royal Rumble is the new World Heavyweight Champion. Like that's the thing they could do as well, right? So there's a lot of different ways this can go. But let's pretend that Seth is going to be fine. Uh, Maddie, I don't know if you have an opinion or not, but you're you're welcome to it. Uh, honestly, I still thought the Royal Rumble was like 
I thought 30 was going to be Bret Hart this year. So, <laughs> okay. No, like, honestly, I don't, I casually keep up to date with wrestling. Like, if something big happens or something really interesting, I just, you know what happened? It just got too vinced and it got me out of it back in the day. And it was just, I couldn't get back into it after that. Well, Vince is gone, fortunately. So, we are living in a post Vince McMahon world. We're living in a post Kevin Dunn world. So the the grass is greener all of a sudden. Speaking of, have you heard about that Vince Netflix documentary? I feel like that's already been out, isn't it? No, there's one that's like apparently it's big things at Netflix, and they've mm. even interviewed Vince for it. And apparently, it's not going to paint him in the best light. Like apparently, it's like really in depth. So like Google the shit out of that because I think it's going to be good. Well, I will definitely watch that when it comes out. I want to ask, okay, so here's the thing. It's not difficult to say, oh, well, CM Punk's going to win. Or it's not difficult to say, ah, well, Cody Rhodes is going to win. Whatever. James, from you, Maddie, feel free to throw in one too. I want to know, who is your random surprise returning wrestler that you think is going to pop up at the Royal Rumble? Maddie's already said Bret Hart. <laughs> now, I don't know if that one's going to happen or not. No. But give me something off the wall, someone you think is possible that could make an appearance at the Royal Rumble on Saturday. Cause that's the, one of the funnest things about the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Is that 30 guys enter and in previous years. And you know what? I haven't been religiously watching raw and SmackDown. So I don't know if they've been doing this, but in previous years, they've been like everyone in their mom has declared for the Royal Rumble. I'm declaring myself for the Royal Rumble. Cause that's apparently what you have to do. You just got to go on TV and say, you declare. Um, so I had a running joke every year where I would declare myself for the Royal Rumble on Twitter. And I'm like, that's apparently all you have to do. And you just declare yourself and you're in the match. Anyways, uh, in previous years, they've been said, they like 27 guys would be announced for this match. And you're like, you don't understand what we like about this match. We like the unpredictability. We like the fact that we don't know who's in this match. We know the heavy hitters are in there. We know Cody's in there. We know CM Punk's in there. We know Randy Orton's in We don't know that, actually. We know Drew McIntyre's in there. Anyways. As far as I know, they haven't announced 27 guys have in previous years. As far as I know, there's only been like five or six, a handful of people that you'd expect to be in the match have been announced. So there's a huge amount of slots open, unannounced. Keep in mind, the show is in Tampa, Florida. So if you're thinking, oh, maybe like, I don't know, Iron Sheik will be in there. We're like, well, well, he's dead. But you get the idea. Like, think sometimes it's local who is going to end up being the one that they use. Like the other, I don't know if it was last year or year before, there was one in Philly, at least in the past 10 years that I remember. And it was like, here's Bubba Ray Dudley. You're like, that makes sense. Like ECW, there's a connection there. Anyways, who do you think, or who do you want to be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble? So I have two. I think Matt Cardona is going to show mm. up. Oh, Florida boy. Right? Uh, well, Long Island, didn't he? Well, he lives in Florida currently. But yeah, he is a Long Island guy. But yeah, he currently lives in Florida. Hear me out. This one's more of a long shot, but I think this is the this is the place to do it. And it, no one's suspecting this. I haven't even heard it rumored, nothing. But it makes sense based on everything that I've heard. Okay. I think Big E. Mm-hmm. I saw an interview yeah. where he said all the bones are fused. He's moving, whatever. He's just trying to make the right decision for what's best for him, which to me sounds like somebody saying, 
maybe one day, but not now, which could be true, but also is a real good cover for a surprise Royal Rumble return after breaking your neck. I think I think Big E could totally make a Rumble return. And the place would go nuts. They would. My only issue with it is if well, he's not going to win. No. So like, so. why? So like, the criticism is, and I'm not saying this as my criticism, Did but Edge like, usually, the cri- no, he didn't. He run well the first time he returned when he was skinny fat. He returned. He won. Anyways, you had a second one, right? No, it was Matt Cardone and Biggie. Oh, sorry, that was the second one. Yeah, um, Maddie. No, you go ahead. I have a whole. <laughs> I have a whole list. I have this one, guy two, a list. three, four, five, six, seven. He has eight. all thirty. Okay. So the, the reason with 30, with when, thirty potential with surprises when they're, which, with when they're coming in <laughs> yeah. and who's eliminated uh, who. I think he's going to be out at number fourteen. Well, this guy is going to come fourteen. He's going to come through the ring and get suplexed out after three minutes and thirty six seconds. What I normally do every year for the Royal Rumble, I make this Google Doc and send it to all my friends, and you have to pick who's coming in and on what position. And you get different points based on... So if you get the person entering right, that's one point. But if you get the exact spot the enter the match, it's like two points, whatever the fuck. And if you guess someone who wasn't announced, because, again, they were announcing like 27 fucking guys. So if you picked one of the three that wasn't announced, you get like five points or something for the mystery person. I'll come up, probably come up with a different point system this year. Anyways, I have a whole list. I'm not going to give you the whole list because that would... You know, give Ryan too many ideas of what I'm going to do because he's going to have to fill out this thing on Saturday. There's two I will give you. One, and I'll tell you the number too. He will come in at number ten. No, can you guess who that is? Yeah, Chris Jericho. No, Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger, the perfect ten. Ty Dillinger will be in the tenth spot. He got released from AEW recently. I think he's ready to get back to work. He's a Florida guy as well. I mean, he's from Niagara Falls, Canada, but I believe currently living in Florida. It makes perfect sense to me. Just bring him in for one shot. I don't think he'll sign him long term, but I think it's a good rumble pop for him. The next one. Now, this one I want to see happen. There's a whole bunch of other guys on the list I think are far more likely to happen. But this one I want to see happen. And I don't know what his name will be. But I think it's going to be something that's a hybrid of Uncle Howdy and a hybrid of Bray Wyatt. And it's it's Bo Dallas. So I think there is an opportunity here to create a new character. And whomever that character is going to be, it's played by Bo Dallas. He's going to like rekindle the Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy thing, and I think it's a good spot to throw him in there. What about Okada? I have him on my list. <laughs> but, oh, sorry. Um, I yeah. I mean, so, I don't know. I was just brainstorming names yesterday. I think Brock Lesnar may be in there. I think that would make sense to be like, because I think you're going to get to Gunter and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, so this might be a good way to plant those seeds. I think there will be an NXT guy in there. It would make the most sense to be Braun Breaker, but I really like Trick Williams. So I think maybe that's possible. Gable Stevenson is still a guy who's around. Blech. They're not using. Blech. They like him. So 
And then there's like the Godfather or John Cena. Like it could certainly be something like that. The Rock, yeah. The Rock is a possibility. There's all sorts. Man wants to sit at the head table. All sorts of crazy possibilities. That's what's fun about the Royal Rumble. You never know who you're going to see. But what you do know is that it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's the segment where we get to hear Maven's legendary entrance music. And hey, you know what? Maybe he'll maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll see Maven in this year's Royal Rumble. Get to hear that legendary entrance music. You never know. And of course, in this segment is shout outs because we like to talk a lot of shit on this show. And it's nice to end on a high note. It's nice to end with a bit of positivity. And we like to just shout someone out, someone, something, whatever we thought was cool in the past week or whatever. So I'll go first. And my shout out goes to a band by the name of Sleep Token. If you're unfamiliar with Sleep Token, they're a metal band that somehow magically became the most streamed band or most streamed metal band, I think was the qualifier on Spotify in 2023. Like they became incredibly successful almost overnight without a record label, without any major tour or publication. It was just people sharing their music on TikTok and sharing it with their friends saying, yo, check out this song or whatever. A completely anonymous band too. Like they don't like disclose their identities. It's really weird. They wear masks and stuff and no one knows who the fuck they are. Until recently, when some sleuth are on the internet like looked up their personal information and found their addresses and posted all online and shit. It's fucked up. And they ended up like taking down their Instagram page. And I don't know if their tour that's coming up is even going to happen now. But anyways, I just want to say shout out to those guys for making some cool music. It's very different and trying to live the gimmick. You know, not, not a lot of people live the gimmick anymore. And these guys are living the gimmick. Man's so, are like Sandman showing up at a restaurant with an eye patch. That's it. You know, answers the door with his eye all bandaged up. Yeah, maybe he appears at Rumble, Sandman. I don't think he can move. (laughs) You know what? Someone who's been saying, I know we're back on the Rumble topic again, but someone who's saying they want to do one last match is Sabu. This could be a fun spot for Sabu. Now, is he a Florida guy? No, does it make sense here? Not really, but it'd be fun. Me. Uh, I feel like Jim's and mine may be similar. Uh, twice a year, obviously, is Games Done Quick. And this year, they raised over $2.5 million to the Prevent Cancer Research Fund. Um, it's literally one of my two favorite weeks of the year, this one in the summer games done quick. Um, you see really cool shit, you know, like games that you've played so much and these guys just break them. Or um games that you never even heard of and you discover through this and also just a community of people that just are in it for the love of gaming and just wanting to you know give up their time because a lot of these guys fly in themselves have to put themselves up to run this game and they do it to help the cause and raise money and i just think all around they do a lot of good work and you know big shout out to them because 
man, it's it's an undertaking to pull that event off twice a year. So and it's flawless. It's relative. Yeah. It, it was my shadow too. It's relatively flawless. Like they have some of the games, you know, there's glitches and they break down or they have problems. The game resets or freezes or whatever. But production wise, like for for a home, a bunch of volunteers beat it. Hmm? It's a bunch of volunteers essentially. Yeah. Like it's the best production for an event of that scale. It's on twenty four seven. For seven, like for seven days. And, and for the people who are unaware, Games Done Quick is a, I was going to say show, but it's, it's a stream of guys playing video games as fast as they possibly can. So you're going to yeah. play a popular, or in some cases, not a popular video game, but yeah. a lot of times a popular video game that we all would have played as kids or maybe played recently, and they're going to get through the game or weird with games. whatever qualifier like they games. set. Yeah, so like it, it can, sometimes it's, hey, we're going to get through the game with no lives lost or we're going to yeah, play no this game. 100%, no, not even hit, not even seen no, all stealth, whatever, like a certain qualifier. And we're going to do it in under 20 minutes and they will just manipulate the game code best they can in terms of like, you know, glitches here and there or um, little known secrets that maybe you didn't know. And it's, it's really cool because there's, yeah, games that I grew up playing like metal gear solid. And you'll see a guy just, pass through a wall and you're like what the fuck like, what just happened yeah. and they just trimmed off like 30 percent of the game and they're done the game in 20 minutes you're like oh they had that a took me you know 20 hours when i was a kid they had a task bot play super metroid and one of the coolest things i saw was so a task bot is like where you program all the movements in and then it goes and executes all the movements in the game and the one of the things that they were explaining was there's a moment in super metroid where <clears throat> after you get an upgrade you have to bomb. You, if you leave a bomb, the door opens a fraction of a second quicker because it waits for a sound cue, but the bomb going off goes off earlier than the other sound cue. So the soundboard and the sound chip thinks that, oh, that's my cue. The door can open now. So the taskbot actually leaves a bomb, then goes to the door because it opens like that much quicker. Um, and there are things like they were talking about tricks that are like sub-pixel perfect. So you have to be like super precise to pull some of these things off and it's really incredible and they've raised over since they've been doing it i forget the first year but they've been doing it for almost a decade now at least and they've raised millions of dollars for like i think they said like the prevent cancer ceo was giving a speech at the event and she said it is the single biggest event of donations they get every year and they've had projects that have been greenlit solely on the backs of the runners and the donations and everyone who donates. And then in the summer, they do Summer Games Done Quick, which is for Doctors Without Borders, which both are like legitimate charities. Like, it's not like, hey, what the fuck is this charity? Like, these are legitimate charities. Yeah. And I, like, especially with everything going on in the world, I feel like the one in summer is going to be Where huge, is it? right? Uh, Minnesota. They announced at the end, uh, it's June 30th till July 6th. So I, I, I've said this to my wife. I said it to Jim. It'd be really cool to go for even a few days one year. Well, what I will say, um, there are some ballparks that I need to get to in Chicago, Minnesota. So maybe we go for, yeah, this, this year, uh, EGDQ was in Pittsburgh and they were just like it is freezing snowing and f- 
freezing. They played that hockey game this year, and everyone was wearing Penn jersey, and every time they scored, they cheered. Like it was, it was really, really cool. Yeah, tape to tape is awesome. Um, and then yeah, you see stuff like Zelda, and like some runs are really long. Like the Zelda one was four hours and fifty five, but it was a one hundred percent Majora's Mask relay. So handing it off to a different guy at different points, and no, it was just. It's really cool. It's a week I know I lose so much sleep because I stay oh, dude, up the so Celeste, late. The the person doing Celeste blindfolded. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yep. She did the whole. She did Celeste blindfolded. Man, Celeste is a really hard game to begin yeah. with. Yeah. So <laughs> doing that blindfolded doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. I don't know how you'd even start that. Yeah. Sound cues, wow. I think. Yeah. Incredible. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of 43.6. Next week, we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble, I guess. And we're going to talk about who ended up in the Super Bowl. And then maybe we'll talk about who the new head coach, the Toronto Maple Leafs is. You'll have to wait and find out (laughs) for next week's episode. But until then, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered. The pal population.